Welcome back to another episode of the Heated Up Podcast. I'm your host, Ross Brown. If you're not following us on any social media sites, go over to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Use the at symbol Heated Up Podcast, two Ps when you're typing it in. Um, we're also on, obviously, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as Anchor FM. Coming up on today's episode, we got a lot to talk about, but we are first kicking off this episode with my initial reaction to the Brian Flores firing. I recorded it on Monday. Um, As soon as I woke up, as soon as I saw the news, I said, I need to record my honest thoughts on the Brian Flores firing because I think it's a very big thing to look at as far as a Dolphins fan because there's a lot of things wrong with the firing. I initially still, whatever I said on Monday, I stand by. Um, But there's new information that's come out, which I will talk about in the second segment. Obviously, I have to shift it off because the first segment is me just going off on the firing. So um, after you listen to that, I'm going to have, before we get into the second segment, which I'm not sure exactly what we're going to talk about specifically, um, you know, I just come to it as it it comes in my head. But we are going to talk strictly football at the end as well. We want to talk about the playoffs. We've got a lot to talk about there. The Heat are rolling without their best two players still. Two nights ago, they just beat the Atlanta Hawks, who actually just made a trade. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And then the UFC is pushing back a couple of fights, and they got a new main event. Um, And it is my favorite fighter, if you guys know who that is. Um, Stay tuned, and uh, we will talk a little bit about that major, major fight, in my opinion. Um, That's a a fight that's been, you know, talked about for a a couple of years. Um, And and now we're finally, hopefully, going to be able to get that fight. So we got a lot to talk about. Um, heated up podcast. Um, I also want to talk a little bit about Clay Thompson's return, what that means for the Warriors as far as you know, heading into the finals. Hopefully, that's you know that's their hopeful um, you know outlook on the season. And uh, yeah, we just got a lot to talk about, so let's strap in. The next time you hear me will be my Monday initial reaction to the Brian Flores signing. So stay tuned. Heated up podcast episode twenty four. Let's get ready to heat it up. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back from the break. As you just heard, um, this take is going to be from Monday. Um, it is Monday at 12.15 in uh, the afternoon. I believe it's like noontime. Um, I wanted to talk about the Brian Flores firing as it was happening. Um, I didn't want to wait till Thursday because I wanted to get my fresh, genuine hot takes on how I feel waking up. Um, I woke up around 9 in the morning, um, and as soon as I woke up, about two minutes later... The news dropped where Brian Flores would not be returning as the Miami Dolphins head coach. I have a lot of different outlooks on this specific take, so I wanted to take it piece by piece um, and where we can move forward. Um, you know, with with the Miami Dolphins and, and what the future holds, because as as a franchise that has the New England Patriots in the division and now the the Buffalo Bills, who seem to be a real big deal again. Um, there's a lot to talk about and there's a lot to go off of from this this firing on a coach that a lot of people around the league really didn't see as the problem for the Miami Dolphins. So um, as a fan inside, um, watching the games, um, you know, seeing all the, you know, the post-conference, you know, all that kind of, all that kind of stuff going on, um, as well as the insiders and how the, how the players feel and all that, um, I wanted to take a deep dive into the Miami Dolphins firing Brian Flores um, for the specific episode. We already have a lot to talk about. Thursday, I'm going to talk a lot. Um, we got the playoffs. We want to talk about, um, you know, what happened, la- you know, literally last night. Maybe I'll, I'll dive in a little bit on that, um, on my hot take on, on the, 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 the Sunday night game. But let's talk strictly Brian Flores here. Now, as a lot of you know, I've come on this podcast. I've talked to my friends, and I have said I'm a very big believer in Deshaun Watson. Um, um, it, it sounds like Deshaun Watson only wanted to come here based off of Brian Flores. Now, it sounded like it was either Stephen Ross or Chris Greer met with Deshaun Watson. Um, maybe they're not interested in him. Um, that's the only thing that I can make sense of of this Brian Flores firing. It sounds like, at, at least is what I, I, I saw, and uh, I forget which one of them said it. It might have been Ross. I think it was Ross came out and said a bunch of stuff. Um, it sounds like 
they're going along with Tua Tungo Vailoa. Now, do I think that's the right move? I don't know. Um, you've given Tua two years. Um, he's had a couple of injuries. He hasn't really shown um, that he is, you know, the guy. Do you know what I mean? He's had moments where he could come out and look like a good player, but he doesn't look like the the generational quarterback that I at one point truly thought he was going to have. Tua Tungavailoa comes from Alabama, a great school, a great program, um, and a lot of people had high hopes for him. I did. Many Dolphins fans did. Um, obviously, it wasn't the right move. Justin Herbert obviously looks like the better quarterback at the time. Um, but when you look at it, is Tua the guy? The Dolphins beat the Patriots last uh, yesterday. Um, Tua went 15 for 22. Didn't throw the ball a lot. You ran the ball with Duke Johnson the majority of the game, but you have 109 yards and a passing touchdown. For a quarterback, it's it's 2022, okay? That's not football in 2022. You don't run the ball that many times and try to shove it down the opponent's throat unless it's working. It worked, but you also had the Patriots almost come back. So it, it, it just seems like right now, in my personal opinion, Tua right now is not the guy. Um, with a defense as good as Miami's defense was this year, um, with as many injuries as you had, you had a couple of COVID issues, um, your, your main two receivers before Waddle, Waddle looked like he was going to be the third guy. Devontae Parker was hurt for a majority of the year, and then when he comes back, he looks non-existent. And Will Fuller had less catches than Xavier Howard this year. So it's just crazy the amount of stuff that's happened with the Dolphins. Um, they beat the Patriots twice this year. Um, Brian Flores was 4-2 and two against Bill Belichick, I believe it was. You can't go wrong with that. Tua Tungavailo was 3-0 and himself, but you're not looking at individual matchups. You're looking at the season as a whole. You go down, you go to 1-7, and seven, and then you win seven in a row, lose, and then win. It, it, it's Brian Flores brought that team together with you know, that seven-game win streak. I think as a coach, to get your team together and be like, you know what, guys, we need this, especially a team that doesn't have their own draft pick. So it's not like they were they were tanking. They just weren't good, and they were getting really bad beats. So the issues with this team I see, um, offensive line was horrendous, and, and, and I'm hearing the offensive lineman coach um, saying some things that he thinks that this line wasn't the issue. Um, I don't know if he was watching the University of Miami or he was watching Miami Dolphins, but this offensive line was horrendous. Um, it was every game Tua would, would be sacked or he, you know, he got hurt. It's just so many things. This offensive line couldn't keep it together. Miles Gaskin couldn't even get 100 rushing yards until Duke Johnson comes here. So the offensive line was a big issue. Um, another issue was consistency. You didn't have the consistency with quarterback. Tua Tungavailoa just did not have the consistency. And it seemed like the play calls, the, the, the terrible play calls, and I don't know if it was Flores, I don't know if it was the offensive coordinator, it just seemed like the team wasn't together as a whole, um, whether that was the coaching staff or if that was the players. The players seemed to have it locked together, at least from the outside looking in. Inside, it just didn't seem like this team really meshed together. And I don't know if, it, again, was Tua and Brian Flores going at it because it seemed like Brian Flores never wanted Tua in the first place, but he had to go with him because of Ross and Greer. But Greer, obviously, is the yes man, as we all know. I don't think that firing Brian Flores was the worst thing in the world, but you have to have Greer be fired as well. I think the reason Greer isn't um, fired, he's been there 20 years, um, he's the yes man, he's done everything that the owner has done. You got to clean house. You can't just get rid of the coach and say, you know what, this is it. Listen to Stephen Ross say that, asked about the Deshaun Watson thing, he said he's not actively going after Deshaun, but you know, it's not up to him, it's up to the head coach, which we all know is not going to be true. We know that Will Greer, excuse me, Chris Greer is 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 the yes men of the Dolphins. And as much as I want to say Brian Flores getting fired was the worst thing in the world, it really wasn't. Brian Flores at some times didn't have connections. What do you do when you're the owner? You know what? We're going with this guy right here. We're going with our quarterback. We're not going to say our head coach is the issue. Uh, our head coach is the guy we're going to stick with. We're going to get rid of the head coach and we're going to go with our draft pick, which again is not the worst thing because I love... Um, Tua, to an extent, Tua has been a you know a decent, really good player. Um, is he a top fifteen quarterback? I don't know. I think he's right teetering around the you know fourteen to seventeen, eighteen range. Um, Tua is a good player. He's a good quarterback. Um, and wherever you want to rank him or think that he's good, um, it's just you got to pay attention. Tua 
has struggled because there's no run game. There's no offensive line. He's been injured multiple times. You had the Ryan Fitzpatrick stuff last year. So there's so much going on. Um, Brian Flores, though, getting fired um, surprised me. I didn't think that was going to happen. Um, but when you get rid of him, you have to, in my personal opinion, you have to get rid of Chris Greer as well. I just don't see um, things going well. I mean, you you take a look. I was listening to a pod uh, or Spaces. I don't know if you, any of you have Twitter. Um, and they were talking about it in the in the Noah. I can't say his name. Iguabanagi, whatever the, the cornerback is. That pick right there cultivated the issues with the Dolphins. That's That's Greer going after a guy that he he has high hopes for. The last draft was amazing. I personally think Javon Holland, Jalen Phillips, um, you go with, um, I'm trying to think, Jalen Waddell, um, and then the offensive lineman, I can't remember who it was. Um, it wasn't Austin Jackson. I can't remember. I, I just can't remember. Um, oh, no, it was def- defensive lineman. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm trying to think of, it's so much going on right now. But you go and you get those pieces in the draft, a really good draft. In my personal opinion, Jalen Phillips is going to be an amazing player coming from the University of Miami. Javon Holland is a stud coming from Oregon. Jalen Waddle, obviously, coming out from Alabama. We all know that those guys can play ball, but the year before, um, it, it just didn't seem like it was a really good draft, and that is the general manager. So what do you do now? What is the Miami Dolphins now? Are you in a win-now scenario? Are you in a, you know kind of give it a couple years with Tua because Tua's timeline is different from the defense's timeline so what do you go after on my personal opinion you still go after Deshaun Watson I love Deshaun Watson he's a great player obviously he's had these off-field issues if they are true and everything comes to fruition and he is charged Deshaun Watson I do not want on my team so I need all those issues to end once all those issues are solved and ended and, and settled in court or out of court however they do it then you can talk to Deshaun Watson but right now Tua is the guy you can't look at if, ands, or buts. The draft, you're not going to get a high draft pick. You have the 49ers draft pick. They're in the playoffs, so you're not going to get a top 20 pick. So what do you do, again, if you're the Miami Dolphins? Right now, my personal opinion is you got to figure out the Deshaun Watson stuff. Once you can figure out the Deshaun Watson stuff, then you go and look at a head coach. You don't do head coach, then Deshaun Watson, because I'm hearing that Harbaugh is going to be coming over at least originally, that was what a lot of people speculated. The Dolphins wouldn't get rid of Brian Flores because Harbaugh, they got to have a guy lined up. And it sounds like they don't even have a guy lined up. So so you don't even have a guy lined up. You get rid of your head coach who had a better record than, what was it, the 32 teams? Nine head coaches had a better record than Brian Flores the past two seasons. And you get rid of him. And you get rid of him. I cannot believe it. I cannot fathom it um, without getting rid of the GM. If you get rid of the GM, you get rid of Flores, then I'm like, okay, you're cleaning house. You're going to go change this whole system around, but you keep Greer. You keep, you know, Stephen Ross even should be getting rid of. Sell the team, get rid of it, and and move on. You know, go and, and stick to soccer or something. I cannot believe that you got rid of Brian Flores and didn't get rid of Greer or even sell the team. Right now, I am at a loss of words. I don't think the Brian Flores is as big of a shock, but not pairing it along with Greer is crazy. I just don't get it. I just doesn't make sense. The offensive lineman coach has got to go, um, and, and maybe even the offensive coordinator. Like you got a clean house. This team, you know, was one winning away from a playoff win. You know, a, a playoff berth. If you don't have that awful game against the Titans two weeks ago, you're in the playoffs. You know, so it's just. It's just disheartening, honestly, to see Brian Flores, who, in my opinion, was a really decent coach. You know, like I said, this obviously was the issues with Tua. He didn't want Tua, it sounds like. Um, you know, he had the issues with the other coaching staff. So it's like you pick. You pick Tua or Flores. Did Flo have some really bad moments this season? Yeah, he was a really bad coach at sometimes. But then he gets that team on a seven-game win streak. And I know everyone can say it's a Mickey Mouse win streak. You know, a lot of the teams they had... Um, didn't have their head coach, didn't have certain players. Um, but it doesn't matter because in this league, it is very hard to win games. Every game is different. Look at the game yesterday. The Jaguars just beat the Colts, and the Colts were fighting for their lives. 
You know, it's so hard to win in this league and to get a seven-game win streak, regardless if you play um, the best teams in the NFL or the worst, the players in the NFL are top-tier athletes. So it's hard to win in the NFL. It's hard to win in any sports um, league in any in, in, in any scenario. But to get seven games in a row after going one and seven is unbelievable in my opinion. So um, Brian Flores is going to be a top candidate throughout the league. Jacksonville, he can go to. The Bears, he can go to. Um, the Vikings, he can go to. There's a lot of teams that he can go over and try to make work. Um, I don't know what his plan is. I don't know if he even wants to go to another team. I mean, I'm going to assume he's going to go somewhere else and be a head coach again. Um, but we just have to see the plan and the and the, the track record of what the Dolphins do here because if your plan was to just get rid of Flores and think everything's going to be fine and dandy, you're wrong because there's still these individual issues, offensive linemen, um, you know, the injuries with Tua. You had a lot going on. You have to find out and figure out where this team goes from here because I cannot sit here and, and, and watch any more games where this team um, – you know, flat out just looks terrible, like the Titans game. If they could come out and play like they did against the Patriots yesterday, I am so ecstatic to see. But I don't think Tua or this team can do that without some change. What do you need offensively? Offensive line. Gusecki's still an amazing player. Um, Devontae Parker, Will Fuller, and Jalen Waddle, when all healthy and actually can play together, are a really good trio, you know? Um, you know, the running back game, you know, a lot of people talking about earlier this year, Saquon getting traded maybe, you know, Josh Jacobs getting traded maybe, Kenyon Drake. Some of these guys coming over, um, Kenyon Drake coming back, um, a lot of guys, you know, it's trying to come over here, make trades for the running back position. I just don't know what the plan is. I know the main issue right now is you have to get a offensive line. That's it. After that, we'll see what happens. But the main issue for this team was offensive line. Do I think it's all Brian Flores? No. But the signing and trading and, and all the stuff that he did in the beginning of the season um, didn't make sense on the, well, last offseason. Um, you know, it just, it just didn't make sense. And him getting fired right now um, is something that I don't think a lot of Dolphins fans expected. That's why there's a lot of different um, takes on it. It's not the worst thing in the world, but it's definitely not the best. Having a new coach starting all over, it seems like the players, um, Jason McCourty said something on uh, Twitter, I believe it was, on Devontae Parker liking the tweet and then you know being dysfunctional. we got to come together as a team um, and figure it out. It's going to be a long off season. I thought it was going to be a quiet one. Um, so we got a little bit to go. Um, you know, Starting early, no playoffs this year, so... Um, excited to see what this team brings, um, but right now, um, as, as as many other Dolphins fans are, I'm very shocked that you concrete say Greer's um, status with the team is going to stay, and you get rid of Flores. If you got rid of both of them or all of them, um, I wouldn't have had an issue with it. Um, but you know, keeping Greer and Ross saying, you know, I'm still going to be the owner of this team, um, it, it it just kind of is a head scratcher. But we'll see what happens. You know, in the on Watson saga. Um, you know, if, if Harbaugh comes over, if, you know, I don't know any of the other head coaches. I'm going to have to look into it, um, and maybe I'll have a little bit, hopefully, some more news on uh, Thursday when I record, but I don't see it happening. Um, and so, yeah, that is my honest um, take on the Dolphins, getting rid of Brian Flores. It, it just doesn't make sense without, the you know, getting rid of Greer. But, um, you know, that's that. Um, at least we have Heat basketball. Um, they're looking pretty good, so... I'm going to kick it off. Um, we're going to go into a break. You guys will hear um, the rest of the normal episode recorded on Thursday. Um, see you guys, um, and we'll be right back after the break. Heated Up Podcast, episode 24. Welcome back from the break. You guys, I hope, enjoyed my honest initial reaction to the Brian Flores firing. Um, I recorded that on Monday. I, I, I was tired, and I just wanted to give my raw reaction to the firing, um, <clears throat> as well as, you know, seeing a couple of the news. Um, so there's new news regarding it. Um, 
I don't know how true it is. I don't know how if it's you know accurate. Um, there was a report that came out um, that it sounded like Brian Flores was attempting to get to uh, either suspended or off the team. Um, as a lot of us know, um, Deshaun Watson's main point of coming to Miami was because Brian Flores, they're very close, either friends or acquaintances, whatever they call each other. Um, so it, it, we know that Brian Flores really didn't like Tua. I mean, the way he utilized Tua um, for you know the entire time Tua's been there, um, he, he never really... Um, you know, he tried to make him better, you know. He put in Fitzpatrick a bunch of times a couple of years ago. Um, you know, he just didn't have the confidence in Tua, and, and, and that just stems from, I believe he really wanted to push for Deshaun Watson this year, um, as well as a lot of fans, um, including myself. I like Deshaun Watson. I obviously think Deshaun Watson would be a very big um, asset to this team, obviously without his, you know, issues. Um, you know, depending on what you have to trade for him, I think that it would be a very good trade for the Dolphins. But um, it sounds like Brian Flores attempted to get Tua suspended. Um, Tua obviously had a very big um, body transformation this offseason, or the past offseason, um, and Ryan Flores got him to have four PED tests, four drug tests um, for steroids. All of them came back obviously negative because Tua played the whole year, um, but obviously there's a lot of issues in the locker room surrounding Brian Flores. Nobody said anything. Xavier Howard came out, has had some issues. Devontae Parker the past couple of days has said he's come out with some issues. So there's a lot of guys that did not like Flores, which a lot of people did not know. So um, with that news, um, I still think when you get rid of Brian Flores, you have to get rid of the GM. It's kind of like the Giants. You can't just get rid of one guy. you got to get rid of both. Um, you have to clean the house. And I think Chris Greer, obviously, is not a great general manager. Look at how he drafts. Um, it, it, there's just a lot of stuff that I am not confident in his ability to make this t- football team a better team in the NFL. Um, so we'll have to see what happens um, this offseason and, you know, this year coming up. Um, but if, if they don't make the playoffs again, there's no way, in my opinion, you keep Chris Greer. I mean, unless you're trying to be a poverty franchise, that's what you look like right now, firing Brian Flores and keeping Chris Greer, who, who makes all the decisions. <clears throat> But it's just, it's just, it's just frustrating, you know. It's just frustrating. But like I said before, um, at least we have Heat basketball, and I will segue my part into the Heat basketball talk. Miami Heat two nights ago defeated the Atlanta Hawks um, in a really good game. It was a slow start. Um, the Heat have played really, really good basketball lately. Um, I'm very, very excited to see what they can do <clears throat> come playoff time. They are. Um, a team that definitely has a lot of potential going into the playoffs. They won 115-91, to 91, no Jimmy, no Bam. It sounds like Jimmy and Bam will, and Victor Oladipo even will be ready by the end of January, obviously barring any setbacks. Um, I'm really excited to see what this whole team healthy-wise can do. I have high hopes for the Heat. I think that they're the only team defensively that can stand um, the Nets, the Bucks. I think they're the only team that can actually put up the points with those teams as well. Um, you know, looking at what they've done without Bam, without Jimmy this year, against the top three teams, I'm gonna I'm gonna name them: the Nets, Bucks, Bulls, um, Suns, Warriors, Jazz. They are eight and two, and Jimmy has played two and a half of those games, and Bam has played one and a half of those games. <clears throat> I say half because he got injured. Um, obviously halfway through, uh, I believe I think it was the Jazz game. I can't remember which game it was. Um, so. I mean, you don't have your two guys in there, and you beat eight, go eight and two on those teams. Um, you factor in, I think they said the the Sixers, and they're like eleven or twelve and two or something. So, you 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 have the second seed in the East. If you would have told me when Bam Adebayo went out that you would be the second seed in the East, um, I would think you're crazy. I would have genuinely thought you were crazy for that. Um, with no Bam Adebayo. Um, I thought this team would be lost, um, and obviously I was mistaken. I was wrong. Um, this team is rolling right now. They're on a three-game win streak. They face Atlanta at home tonight. Um, the whole team, this guy stepping up, Caleb Martin, Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, Duncan Robinson off the bench, which I, I'm going to get into in a couple of seconds. Um, Tyler Hero has stepped up. All these young guys, Omer, you're at seven. All of these young guys 
Caleb not so young, but a, a guy that isn't established as a you know a really good player this year is popping up. P.J. Tucker having an amazing year. There's so many guys on this team. It's next man up mentality. It's not oh our best player is out. You know we're supposed to lose. No, it's next man up. Let's win these games and go out and play Heat basketball. And I mean they're blowing teams out. I mean you beat the Hawks. Obviously the Hawks aren't that good, but you blow out and beat the Hawks 115 to 91, and again you don't have your main guys out there. You blow out the Suns who when you don't have your main guys out there, both those teams are fully healthy. Um, you know, you beat the Wizards, you beat the Magic Pistons, Pacers, you go on a four-game win streak, then you have that postponement, then another one against the Rockets, so it's a technical five-game win streak before you go and lose to the Kings and Warriors, and the Heat's last 10, they're 8 and 2. And they haven't had, again, their best players playing. So you have to look at it as this team is the real deal. This is the year for the Heat to get to the finals again and really, really try to win because I think they can match up with any of these teams offensively as well as defensively. You put a team out there, or I was going to get into the Duncan Robinson thing, I think now that Duncan Robinson should come off the bench. Watching these games of Duncan come off the bench, um, if you can have a starting lineup of Kyle Lowry, Max Struess or Victor Oladipo, depending if Oladipo is healthy, I think you put Oladipo in there and you have, uh, I'll tell the bench, so we'll go Kyle Lowry, Oladipo, Jimmy Butler, PJ Tucker, and Bam Adebayo. The shooting will be a little bit tough, the spacing will be tough, but I think they can figure it out if Oladipo can hit, you know, 35% from three, I think that they'll be able to figure that out. Um, and then off the bench, you have Tyler Hero as your main ball handler with Struess and Duncan as your shooters. And then we were talking about it. Somebody said it on Twitter. P.J. Washington, a question mark for the Heat. P.J.'s sounding like he's going to be able to get traded. Maybe he comes out. If not, we stick with what we got. You got Markeith Morris and or Caleb Martin, as well as P P uh, uh, excuse me, Dwayne Dedman and Omer Yurt7, who Omer has been playing phenomenal. But if you go to trade for P.J. Tucker... I, uh, excuse me, P.J. Washington, I know with the baby mama drama, um, I truly think that this team is a workhorse in the Eastern Conference. And, and now, I said it before, it, it was a report today that it sounds like Kyrie, the Nets are hopeful Kyrie becomes a full um, basketball player this year. Um, if Kyrie Irving comes back, there's three teams in the East that I think can actually contend with them. Um, and that's the Bulls, Nets, uh, excuse me, the Bulls, Heat, and Bucks. And the Bulls are teetering on that because they looked terrible last night. They got blown out by almost 40. So, um, you know, this this Heat team, I think, can stick with anybody defensively and offensively. Um, I just have to see what happens, you know, when they get fully healthy. Once we get fully healthy, then you can kind of really establish this. I know there's a lot of injuries with every team, but look at the Heat when they had that guys out. Next man up mentality, scoring with ease. Um, and, and honestly, most improves got to go to Tyler Hero as well as Sixth Man of the Year. And if it doesn't, it is highway robbery. Robbery, I tell you. So um, that's my little analysis on, on, the, on the NBA and the, and the Heat. So let me just segue in the Warriors. Uh, last Sunday, I believe, the Warriors faced the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, Clay Thompson came back. It was his first game in almost two years since the finals um, when he went down and tore his ACL. Um, Clay Thompson means everything for this Warriors organization. Um, he has the heart. Um, he can obviously shoot the lights out. And if it wasn't for Steph Curry, Clay Thompson might be re recorded as the greatest shooter in NBA history, in my opinion. Um, he is right up there with Ray Allen. He's right up there with Steph Curry. Um, he is a knockdown shooter. Obviously, he's had the struggle to start off the uh, the year. I mean, obviously, he hasn't played in two years. So, um, if Clay Thompson can get back to you know eighty percent of what he used to be by playoff time. I think this Warriors team is going to go to the finals. I personally think that the Warriors should go and try to trade for a guy like DeMontis Sabonis. I think I said this earlier on a pod. Um, DeMontis Sabonis would be the perfect fit um, alongside a couple of these guys. Um, a guy that can rebound, a guy that can score in the paint, even can shoot a little bit. Um, you put Clay. If Clay can defend like he usually does, um, he's a phenomenal two-way player. I would be very, very confident in Clay Thompson on my organization. Um, and if they would ever hit up the Heat and say they wanted a guy like Duncan Robinson, and uh, you know if they wanted Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero for Clay, I do it in a heartbeat. I don't think I even think about that. I would do that in a heartbeat. That's how good Clay Thompson is. Even with the injuries, I would take Clay Thompson in a heartbeat for both of those guys, and even picks throwing Kaziak Paula, throwing whoever you got to do to make it work. I would do that in a heartbeat. But um, 
Clay Thompson means everything for this team. Obviously, they've had a couple of issues. Um, you know, Clay, uh, Steph Curry, since he's hit the, the the record, you know, it's it's weird. I don't know what he's doing. He's like shooting up random shots, but uh, you know, he'll figure it out. Um, you know, it, it, it all depends. It all depends. Um, a couple of other NBA news. Um, it was the breaking news that I said earlier. The Knicks acquire Cam Reddish from the Hawks in a multiplayer deal. It sounds like Kevin Knox is going over to Atlanta. Um, Solomon Hill, Cam Reddish, in a 2025 second-round pick is going to New York in exchange for a protected first-round pick and Kevin Knox. So Kevin Knox and the first-round pick going to Atlanta. The Knicks, um, I don't know what they're doing. They're trying to pair Cam Reddish and R.J. Barrett together. Um, I think it's a decent trade. Um, I think Cam Reddish is a good player. I loved what he did um, over there at Duke. Um, a really good player. Um, he played alongside R.J. Barrett already, as well as Zion Williamson. Keep that in mind for a couple of years down the road when Zion wants to go to New York. Um, he already wanted to go to New York, and now, you know, he can't. So, um, at least currently, you know, he's getting fat anyways. So, anyways, um, you know, Cam Reddish, um, you know, coming over to the Knicks doesn't make them a playoff contender still. They're really not still a good organization. They got a lot of stuff going on. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, they they ultimately need to do something with Julius Randle. Um, and I will say, all the people on Twitter, and I know some of you are probably listening, that we're talking about Cam Red, uh, excuse me, Julius Randle being better than Chris Bosh, you're out of your effing mind. And you. I hope you feel like an idiot. That was the stupidest take I saw all year last year, is that Julius Randle was better than Chris Bosh uh, at his peak. That is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. That is a stupid, stupid take. So I hope you feel stupid. Bing bong. You guys suck. That's what you get for fucking saying stupid shit like that, you know? So, um, you know, th- that's all I got to say. Excuse excuse my friend. Sorry, but it, ridiculous. Ridiculous. Um, breaking other news. Damian Lillard out five to six weeks with abdominal surgery. Um... I do have a friend that is a Portland Trailblazers fan. Um, he's been saying the young guys have been stepping up. I obviously don't watch Portland Trailblazers games. I can't watch a team like that that uh, doesn't really have any stars on it, you know. Um, and that's not to say they don't have any stars, but uh, their stars are hurt. Um, well, actually, let me rephrase. Their star is hurt. That's it. Singular. Um, and uh, in my personal opinion, I believe that they should train Damian Lillard. Um, he's getting up there in age. Um what are you trying to do if you're Portland? Are you still trying to contend in the West? I don't think you're good enough to contend in the West. I think you move Damian Lillard, you get a bunch of assets, and you make something work because you can't have um, Damian Lillard just sit there and be on a poverty franchise like the Portland Trailblazers and not get stuff done. you got to make the playoffs. The NBA, it's either you tank or you contend for a championship. There's no in-between. Like the Mavericks, there's no in-between. You have to figure it out. you got to get Luka another guy. Kristaps Porzingis is not that guy. So... You know, it's either you tank or not. You know, you have to figure it out. So that's my personal opinion on you know basketball. You either you either tank or you don't. So um, let's see what other news um, do we have going on. The Raptors game. I watched the Raptors game the other day. Um, it's like they they don't even have fans. So like, I mean, they don't have fans. Period. But like now they don't have any more fans. Like they can't even have them in the arena. I mean, it was already empty enough. But like, damn, like they can't have anybody. So, um, crazy, crazy. Um, John Morant had a monster game against the the Lakers. John Morant's a really good player. I mean, guy. I think I think I might go see a uh, John Morant Grizzlies game versus the Celtics. That's gonna be a really fun game if we do end up going to that. John Morant is just crazy. That guy, MVP candidate. I think I said it on here. He's definitely a top five candidate right now. I saw him in like the top ten, like outside, like tied for tenth with Chris Paul. That is crazy, insane, insane. Um, the Simmons. Uh, saga continues for the Sixers. They want to potentially put Tobias Harris's contract with Ben Simmons in trade packages. I, I don't know how you do that. I don't know what team in the NBA has like 70 or $80 million in cap space um, to make that move work. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. The 76ers have really messed this up. Um, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're doing. What, do you, like, uh, what a poverty franchise. They are legitimate poverty. Okay. I might, I might talk about, you know, poverty, but that is legitimate poverty. Absolute poverty. Um, another thing I wanted to quickly talk about, um, I don't think I talked about it. I definitely didn't talk about it on the pod um, during the offseason for the Heat. I might have, actually. DeMar DeRozan 
um, potentially go into the Heat in the offseason. I know there was, there was rumors because Kyle Lowry. Um, imagine if DeMar DeRozan came to the Heat and he played the four. Like, imagine if they didn't have P.J. Tucker and they had DeMar DeRozan. <sighs> I, was, I was thinking about that. Every time I see DeMar DeRozan MVP, I'm like, damn, the Heat were really in the top three of his picks. There were three behind the Lakers and the Bulls, obviously. But damn, what I would do to have DeMar DeRozan on this team. And I mean, they're good, you know, PJ's good, but like DeMar DeRozan is insanity, insanity. Um, and then I, I always have to just throw something Celtics related in. Um, I've seen a report radio, Celtics want to keep Tatum around. Um, I've had different thoughts on the Celtics. I feel like, it, you know, I live in Boston and I, I live in the Boston area. I have to talk about them. Like, how am I not supposed to talk about the local teams? Like, they're, they're around, I see them everywhere. I turn on the TV, they're there. Um, I've told this to my friends. I think there's two players. I think there's three, um, if he can stay healthy um, and he doesn't have any more injury issues. I think there's three guys on the Celtics that are untradeable um, unless one of them you get a monster package. Like if Damian Lillard becomes available or Bradley Beal, you do that. Um, and I know Bradley Beal is a free agent, but if, if he comes available this year and you can sign him for Bird Rights Max extension, you do that trade. That's just like the Oladipo trade, where you can get Bird Rights for him for or for for last year, for technically last off season. Um, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Robert Williams—the only three untouchables. Everybody else should be on the table, which I expect. I, I anticipate they are. I even anticipate Robert Williams being on the table. Um, these guys need shooting around them. These guys need. Um, a, a ball handler, a playmaker, but even then, um, you don't really need that if you're, you're Tatum and Brown. I think these guys are really good players. Um, you know, it, I just, I just feel like the supporting cast is terrible right now. Like every single, like I said, every single player on that team should be expendable. Everyone: Josh Richardson, Neesmith, Pritchard, Romeo Langford. Every single player: Al Horford. Get them out of there. Good, Marcus Smart. Goodbye. You know, because we're, we're kind of coming to the Tatum and Brown years where they're not really so young. You can't keep going. Yeah, they're young. Like, how many more years can we use that excuse that, that, that they're young? You know what I mean? How many more years can we say, you know, you know, they're not... Like, look at John Morant. Look what he's doing for his team. The guy's even younger than both these guys. Look what he's doing. You know, Tatum 23, I believe Brown 24, 25? 25, I'm looking at right now. 25. Um... You know, how much longer can you say, you know, these guys are young, you know, they're not, they need a couple more years. They don't. Jason Tatum is a stud. Jalen Brown is a ball-dominant player. He's very good. you got to get surrounding pieces by these guys. You have to figure it out. Um, I think a guy that would be great around that team, and I saw it on a TikTok, Joe Ingles. Um, if you could get one of the Bogdanovich guys over there, you got to get a white shooter because every team's got a white shooter. Listen, you want Duncan Robinson? Give me uh, ah, see... I, I, I don't even know if the, the Heat would even want anyone on the Celtics. Like, that, like no offense, but that's just, like, where the Celtics are at right now. They don't really have pieces that at least the Miami Heat would want. But Marcus Smart probably has a lot of trade value. Josh Richardson, what he's done has got a lot of trade value. Schroeder, because of his contracts, got a lot of value. Langford, um, Pritchard, Neesmith probably got a lot of value in this league. So I think the Celtics can figure it out. I think this year, right now, you got to just... You know, coast. I think you got to coast. Unless you can start getting games together, you got to coast. Get to where you need to be. Make the play in. You know, fight for your life. Um, you know, and 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 end the season. Go after Bradley Beal or somebody in the off season to try to get these guys some help because that's what they really need. They need some damn help. Um, but that's that on the Celtics. I won't dive too deep or you know, really go after them as much as I as much as I really want to. Um, let's see. Um, yeah, we'll jump into a break. I know I've been talking for a little bit. Um, Heated Up Podcast, episode 24. We're going to come back, talk about the... Uh, we're going to talk the playoffs. Uh, I want to talk about Sunday's game because that threw me... Like, I literally... I couldn't believe it. I got to I gotta talk about it. And then uh, just before we get into that, I'll talk about the UFC, their super fight they got going on, a couple of fights they pushed back. So Heated Up Podcast, episode 24. Um, let's do this. We'll be right back. Sounds true. Welcome back from the break. Um, a couple of things I wanted to run by. So whenever I have, I record. I also have my phone on do not disturb. So we got a couple of alerts that just came out. Um, a stat from the Heat I want to read. Um, and then a trade that went down, which I didn't even know went down until like two days after. 
Um, Bol Bol got traded to the Pistons. That trade has been voided out. Apparently, Bol Bol did not pass his physical with the team, um, a.k.a. the Pistons. Um, weird. Just just weird. Um, literally weird, weird, weird. Um, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't, I truly don't know, um, thoughts on that. Uh, I, I think that Bull Bull, um, is a good player. He should have been a heatle. Um, of course, it was our pick. We traded it to, uh, Denver, I believe, and just, uh, yeah, unlucky. Um, so, let's talk. Um, the Heat, that's what I was going to talk about. That was a, uh, it was a stat. Um, tweeted by Ethan Skolnick. If you don't follow him and you're a Heat fan, at Ethan J. Skolnick. Um, I've talked to this guy a couple of times. So, two stats, actually. Um, they have the podcast, Five Reasons Sports. Go over there, check them out. Um, so, the Miami Heat got 76 of their 115 points from undrafted players last night. To me, that is an astounding fact um, and stat because when you look at this league, how many teams have undrafted players on their team? Maybe a max of like two. I feel like the Heat have a tremendous, uh, um, an outstanding number of undrafted players. To have 76 of their 115 points from undrafted players, look at what they did with Kendrick Nunn. Got him a bag for the Lakers. Even though he's not playing yet, he's still hurt, whatever. He got a bag from the Lakers. Um, Duncan Robinson, another guy. He got the bag from the Heat. Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, Omar Yurt7. Um, I'm trying to think of who else is undrafted on this team. Caleb Martin was drafted. I think that's it for on the team right now. So, uh, Marcus Garrett, another guy. Um, Javante Smart, look what they did. He he, he played phenomenal in in the in the G League uh, summer league, and and now he's on the Bucks and he's and he's playing decent minutes. So there's these the Heat. Are it's 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 a culture, and I know all the teams in the NBA make fun of that. It's a culture. It's a culture. It literally is a culture. What this team does with undrafted players, guys that no one really has confidence in, what they do with their stars, they elevate them to play at their best abilities. Oladipo was playing on a bum knee, and he came in and played what five games last year, and you would have never known he was that injured. It's when you come to Miami, you have a confidence, a swagger about it, and you come out and you play lights out basketball. So, I just wanted to throw that out there. And the last stat, the Miami Heat are in a 52-win pace, though they have already played, uh, they have only played 14 games with their big three. They are 11-4 when Jimmy and Bam Adebayo are both out. They are playing more undrafted players by any other team. Eric Spolster is coach of the year. That is 100% a factual tweet. Um, being on a 52-win pace and not having your best players. You've played 14 games with Bam, Jimmy, and Kyle. And Eric Spolstra is third in the East, half a game behind Brooklyn. Unbelievable. Unbelievable what this coach has done, what this coaching staff has done, what these players have done. This is the A team in the NBA right now. They're in the A category with the wizard, uh, Wizards, the Warriors, the Jazz, the Suns, the Nets, the Bucks. I think there's really six teams that are A teams. The Bulls are like an A minus B plus team, but this Heat team is an A team with all those other teams I just named. So, absolutely, Coach of the Year should be Eric Spolstra. It'll probably go to the Cavs coach because they already have the same amount of wins um, as they did last year. But Eric Spolstra should be number two in that, and there's no doubt in my mind that he will be at least number two in that category. So. I just want to throw that out there before we jump into the NBA, uh, NFL playoffs and uh, the UFC. UFC talk, I always start off the pods with USA. I wanted to put it towards the end. Um, we have a mega fight coming up. A super fight, um, an incredible fight, in my opinion. Jorge Gamebred Masvidal has accepted a fight with his former best friend, former roommate, former college, you know, star that he brought in when Colby was sleeping on his couch for years and years. Colby Covington is going to fight Gamebred Masvidal. Now, I know a lot of people said they wanted it for the ultimate fighter. They wanted them both to be on there, be the both coaches, so we could see, you know, both them, the trash talk, they'd be must-see TV. Um, Instead, we're going to get it at UFC 272. Now, you're saying to yourself, you know, 272 is supposed to be Max Holloway and Volkanovski and Sterling and Jan. It sounds like those two fights have been moved to UFC 273. 
Um, Peter Yan apparently is not vaccinated, and apparently he won't be vaccinated in time, and I don't believe he will be able to fight there. I'm not sure. That's what Aljamain said. That's what I heard um, from Aljamain. I believe it was like his YouTube or something or his pot live stream. Um, he said that it, the reason they're pushing it back is because um, Peter Yan pulled out and he can't be ready for, um, I believe, March. March, I believe it is. Um, or, or February. I, I don't know. Um, and then the Max Holloway and Alexander Volkanovsky fight is off. Um, Chael Sung Jung, the Korean zombie, if you will, um, is taking his place. It sounds like Max Holloway's out with an injury. I personally think what happened was the UFC does this a lot where they'll announce fights and it's not even signed. So they announced the fight, it's not signed, and Max Holloway was not ready. He's still injured from that Yair fight, and I think he had to pull out. Um, so I think Max Holloway was never ready. He pulled out a day after the fight was announced. So I think that's what happened. So we're going to get uh, the Korean Zombie versus Alexander Volkanovsky and Pewter Yan, Aljamain Sterling 2 um, at UFC 273. And then we will have Jorge Gamebred Masvidal versus Colby Covington, which I cannot wait for that fight. And then I heard is they're looking for a co-main event. And who's the two guys that have agreed to a fight that are looking for a, main, a co-main event? Nate Diaz and Dustin Poirier. Go up to welterweight Dustin Poirier. If you don't have Dustin Poirier on Twitter, go look. That guy is jacked right now. I think he'll, he'll do fine up at welterweight. I think that he's going to have a phenomenal career up in welterweight. I don't know how many fights he'll do, but I think that he'll have a really good career at welterweight. I think that Dustin will be a better welterweight than lightweight, even though he was one of the top lightweights. I think that Dustin Poirier in that division can take out the best of the best, and that'll be such a fun fight to watch. So, um, hopefully Dustin Poirier and Nate Diaz can be on that co-main event, and you'll have Jorge Masvidal, Colby Covington. Um, that'll be a phenomenal fight, so I can't wait to see that go down. Um, so let's talk NFL. The NFL playoffs are, in fact, this weekend. So we got a lot to talk about. We're going to go through each game, give into a matchup, individual matchups. We're going to talk a little bit in more in depth than we have when we just talk a little bit about the games because I really want to break down these games for all of you guys. We'll go spread-wise and all that. Um what I do want to say before is a couple of breaking news. Um, Eric Weddle is returning to the Rams. Um, the Rams had a very bad uh, injury issue. Um, I th forget what his name is. I'm sorry. Um, he was their defensive play caller. Um, you know, we'll see what happens with um, with that. I don't know, um, you know, how Eric Weddle is going to be. I know he got signed to the practice squad, but, um, you know, it's tough. It's tough um, to see what goes down. Um you know, hopefully he can come back and be, you know, the Eric Weddle, you know, we've known. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, other firings around the league. Joe Judge fired after two seasons. Um, I believe the Vikings fired Mike Zimmer. Um, the Bears fired Matt Nagy. And I believe that's it for coach firings. I'm not sure, though. There might be another one that I missed. But, uh, yeah, let's jump into the playoffs. So, the playoffs. We got games Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Um, unfortunately, I'll be working during all of them. So, um, that's sweet. Let's just jump into it. Break each game down, um, and let's talk. So, you got the Raiders and the Bengals. Oh, thank God this game was first. Sunday night's game I want to talk quickly about. If any of you watched the Sunday night game between the Chargers and the Raiders, I, I don't know how you're still alive. I don't know how I'm alive. That game was insane back and forth back and forth Chargers coming back they they went for it on fourth down I feel like 50 times in that game and they got it every time it was unbelievable what Justin Herbert did on fourth down what this team did to come back do everything they could to come back the Raiders were going to run the clock out and instead the Chargers call a timeout in overtime it went to overtime if they both tied they would have been in and the Steelers would have been nothing they go in, and the, and the Steelers now break in because the Raiders kick a long field goal. It was such a great game. If That's probably the game of the year. I think everybody on Twitter was going insane. It was the last game regular season-wise. It couldn't have been a better game. I don't think there's any game this year that I can go back and look at and say that's the game I would want. Maybe... No, I can't. I can't even say that. I don't think there's any game truly that would have been better than that game ending the year with the way it was coming back. Justin Herbert, this whole team, I think that this was the game of the year, um, and I can confidently say that. So let's jump into it. Raiders and Bengals. Um, the Bengals right now are hot. Obviously, we know that. The Bengals have Jamar Chase. 
T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, C.G. Ozoma. I think they have one of the better passing offenses as well as Joe Mixon. So if they can get an offensive line in the offseason or even in the next two years in the drafts, wherever they get to go, I think that this team really could be a Super Bowl contender. Joe Burrow, phenomenal quarterback. He's been playing lights out the past couple of weeks. I know he had the injury. I know he's going to play. Jamar Chase, obviously one of the best receivers in the league. Not even rookie receivers, the best receivers in the league. Um, this team has potential to go far in the playoffs. They're minus 5.5 against the Raiders, who Josh Jacobs beast, Darren Waller beast, Hunter Renfro beast. With Derek Carr, Derek Carr with no defense has done so much. But the issue is, like I just said, no defense. I'm going Bengals at home, minus 5.5 here. Bengals got to cover this one. I think they need a big blowout win um, so they can move on to the next round. I think that they truly, truly can get to the divisional round. Um, and can do some damage to whoever they play. I'm not sure, you know, who they would play if they won, but definitely the Bengals are the team to look at in the AFC. And you say, you know, this is the team I think that can make the most damage in the AFC besides the Chiefs. I think it's Bengals and Chiefs to get to the uh, AFC championship game to face off if the standings match up. Those are the best two teams in the AFC, in my opinion. Um, the defense for the Bengals has been lights out. Um, they've been playing really good, and it'll be a fun game, AFC championship, Bengals, Chiefs. Next. We get the round three of this game. First game, the windy crazy game. Um, second game, the Bills won that one. Um, Pats, Bills. Pats are plus four on the road against the Bills. Mac Jones, um, last week against the Dolphins, eh, he didn't really look good. Two outplayed him. That's a fact. No one can doubt that. The Dolphins absolutely smacked the Patriots. The Patriots mandated a comeback. They didn't come close to winning, though, as Tua is a demon against the Patriots. I don't know what it is with the Dolphins and Patriots, but the Dolphins always seem to have their number. Um, I did win a bet on that, by the way. LOL. Um, you know, I'm confident in what Mac Jones can do here in Buffalo. It's going to be a cold game. You know, it's going to be in Buffalo. It's a hard one to play. Josh Allen's been playing pretty good. The D, uh, Diggs and uh, Dawson Knox over there. Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders, another team that has really good offensive weapons. Um, I'm going Bills minus four here. I don't see the Patriots getting um, anything going. Mac Jones is going to do what he does best, check the ball down, makes his, his smart reads um, You know that he usually does, not against the Dolphins. Um, but I, I, I just don't see the, a, a chance where or, or, or a game where the Bills absolutely beat the Patriots um, and make them... Um, uh, excuse me. I don't see a scenario where the Patriots beat the Bills, especially in Buffalo, um, you know, cold weather. Mac Jones is not good in the cold, obviously. Um, they're going to run the ball. They're going to try to run it down the Bills' throat. We'll see if they can run um, on them again like they, they could in that windy game. Um, but I, I'm confident in the Bills to win this one. Minus four. I think it's not enough points for the Bills. I think it should be like minus six. That is how good the Bills, I think, are. Um, and they can actually absolutely um, contend for the AFC Championship as well as the Super Bowl. So they're another one that, you know, anything can happen. Um Four games left. Eagles, Bucks. This is now Sunday's game. Those first two were Saturday. Eagles, Bucks. Bucks minus eight and a half. No Antonio Brown, as we know. Um, no Chris Godwin, as we know. The Bucks spot just signed John Brown. Um, they have Tyler Johnson, Mike Evans, um, Gronk. Um, what do you do here? You know, I'm not confident in Jalen Hurts especially in a playoff game on the road in Tampa Bay, I don't have confidence in Jalen Hurts. I've had confidence a little bit with him um, throughout the year. It's a tough one. I just don't like Jalen Hurts. Um, so again, <laughs> surprisingly, I'm going to take the Bucks minus 8.5. So I've taken all the favorites so far. I'm going to go Bucks minus 8.5. I just, like I said, I don't like the Eagles. I think this is one of those games where the Eagles just get blown out. Um, the Eagles have had an up-and-down season. Jalen Hurts, up-and-down season. Is he consistent? Is he not? Is he just there, you know, when it needs him the most? Jalen Rager. Uh, Henry Ruggs ended the season with more uh, receiving yards than Jalen Rager. Devontae Smith popped off one week, and the rest of the week, it's like he never even was there. Um, Dallas Goddard had crazy games, but when Gardner Minshew was the quarterback. Um, the Eagles have had such an inconsistent running game. I am not confident in the Eagles. Give me the Bucks minus eight and a half, even without you know Chris Godwin and, and Antonio Brown and, and all that kind of stuff. Actually, I don't even think we talked about the Antonio Brown saga. 
Um, if you haven't listened to the Full Send podcast, go over there. It's Antonio Brown's first interview. A really good interview listening to him talk about what happened. Um, he said it was his ankle. I don't believe him, but that's what his story is. Um, he's just an odd guy, and he wants to come back to the NFL next year. Let him do it. It's fun. He's good for entertainment, but uh, I think he needs some serious, serious help. So, um, yeah, that's all I want to say about that. So, give me the Buccaneers. I love what they can do in this game. I'm just not confident in the Eagles. The Eagles just don't entice me. They're not a good team. Um, and that brings me to another good t- a team that's not good, the 49ers. 49ers are plus three on the road to Dallas. I am taking Dallas 150%. I think this game is going to be closer than a lot of people think, which is why the spread's only three. Um, I know some people that are really high on Dallas. I know some people that are really high on 49ers. I think this game is super close, but I think Dallas is the team that can win it. Um, like I said, as many of you know, I do not like the, the 49ers. I haven't liked them all year. Um, I'm not confident in a Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo scenario. Um, they have Debo Samuel, who's probably most improved player this year. Um, he's had a phenomenal career. Um, overall, but this season he really lit, lit it up. Um, I I think that Dak Prescott needs a, a blowout win against the 49ers. This offense has looked incredible. I think in two games um, they've scored like 70 points. Um, you know, last week they came out and it's like this. if this is the Dallas Cowboys team that you're going to get every week, you know, um, scoring 51 on the Eagles, and then two, two weeks before that you score 56 on the football team. Um that Eagles game shows you, and they were in Philadelphia, it shows you that Dallas can score all that, Tampa Bay can do the same. And then, you know, if Dallas can score, you know, in the last three games, 130, what is that, 132 points in three games? You know, I know the 49ers defense is a lot different. They're a lot, very physical. You know, they won 10 games this year. I like Dallas uh, minus three here at home. Uh, You know, very confident in Dallas. Um, This is a game that I would absolutely put money on. Dallas minus three. I'm taking maybe in a teaser, and and I'll give a teaser bet right after this. Um, but absolutely, Dallas minus three. I would definitely do. Um, last Sunday night game, Steelers Chiefs. Chiefs are minus twelve and a half on the Steelers. The Steelers shouldn't honestly even be in here. Um, if the Colts didn't choke it, um, this game would be a lot better. If it was the Colts, um, or the Raiders, I, don't, I think it would have been the Raiders. Um, I'm going to take the Chiefs minus 12.5. I listened to Big Ben um, in a press conference. He was, he, was, he was being sarcastic. He was like, oh, we got no chance. You know, We're not going to do it. But he's right. Like He's right, though. He's right. This is going to be Big Ben's last game. Um, so if you're a Steelers fan, I'd advise you to watch because this is the last time you see this. I can't say it because I don't want to get banned. But you know his uh, off-field drama. So um, hopefully he's in jail soon um, alongside Drake. Shout out, Tommy. Um, for the stuff that he's done off the field. I mean, unbelievable, um, despicable guy. Um, I never liked him. He's fat. He's slow. He's not a good quarterback. Um, now, he used to be a good quarterback, obviously. Not going to take anything away from him. I believe he has two Super Bowls. Never going to take anything away from Big Ben, but Big Ben is definitely not the guy to look at and be like, yeah, that's my quarterback because he, right now, is fatter than Grant Williams. And Grant Williams is fat, by the way. Sorry, Celtics fans, but uh, I had to throw that in there. Um... Yeah, give me the Chiefs minus 12.5. It's a no-brainer. The Chiefs have been hot. The defense has been lighting it up. The offense has been you know, a little bit stagnant. Tyreek Hill, I think, is going to have a monster game. He's had a couple of off-shaky weeks. Um, Travis Kelsey, same thing. A couple of shaky weeks. Um, if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire plays this game, it might be a 21-point game. Like That's how crazy this game could be. Uh, I'm definitely taking the Chiefs minus 12.5 for sure. Um, and they're another one I would throw in my teaser. Now, last one of the day. Rams, Ray, uh, Cardinals. Rams minus four. So I've taken all the favorites. I've taken all the home teams, all the favorites. I think they all win, and I think they all move on. And I know that's not how it works. And then this one, I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to go Rams minus four. Um, I don't know. This one's a tough one because the Cardinals are so good. The Rams are so good. I can't believe these two teams have to face each other. That's the thing that happens when you both are really good organizations and you play in the same division. Um, The Rams, I think are the better team. I think Kyler Murray, this is a monster game to have on the Monday night slate. I think it's actually a really good one to have on the Monday night just because more people probably will be watching. Um, you know, no one, there's nothing else competing with it. Um, I'm going to go Rams. I think they get Eric Weddle back. I think, you know, they get their defensive call, play caller back. Um, and Eric Weddle, I think will probably call the plays. Um, I think I assume it's the same play call, um, playbook as uh, two years ago or 2019, whenever he was there, 2018. I can't remember the year. Um, 
I, I like the Rams. I think they're a very hot team. Um, Confidence-wise, I think that this one's probably like at a six. Um, like I said, anything can happen. is a close spread for a reason. The Rams are good, but the, the Cardinals are really, really good as well. So um, definitely I'm going to go with the Rams in this one. You know, Cam Akers is coming back. I think that Cam Akers is, is way better than Sony Michelle and Daryl Henderson. Daryl Henderson is probably not even going to play. I know he's been injured off and on all year. Cam Akers comes back. Odell Beckham Jr., you know, he's been catching the ball in the end zone. It's funny because I saw a stat today on Twitter, and it was like uh, Odell Beckham Jr. has been playing way better football um, with the Rams. And I'm sitting thinking to myself, I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. Um, isn't this the same guy that has pretty much the same targets, the same catches, the same everything besides touchdowns? And everyone's all excited and happy for him, but it's like, what is going on? What is going on with that? Odell has not been better. He's had pretty much the same stats. You know, he's had more touchdowns, but he had the same, literally the same stats. I think he has like 40 more receiving yards and two more catches, or something like that. He's not playing better. Cooper Cup is the reason this team is there. And imagine this team still had Robert Woods. Imagine. Imagine the offense. So, um, that's crazy. I, I absolutely think that's a crazy one. My bet of the week, if you want to bet and get crazy now, I have a bet. Plus seven teaser. This is my bet of the week. Um, I'm confident in this one. It is a seven-point teaser. Three teams in there. Plus 120 odds. So you got to throw some money on it. When you bet, you got to throw money to make money. Um, I'm going Bucks minus one and a half, Dallas plus four, and Chiefs minus five. That's all the Sunday games. It gives you a nice Saturday chill off. Monday, you don't have to uh, stress. You put 50 bucks on this, you win 60. Okay? You take 60 back, you have three games. Dallas, I think, wins money line. I think the Chiefs can absolutely cover five and a half, and the Bucks can absolutely cover one and a half. I think it all can happen. I think everything there is a solid bet. Um, I'm probably going to throw money on it, and I didn't want to bet. I was like, ah, do I really want to bet? Like, what is the playoffs? You got to bet the playoffs. Um, and payday is Friday. Today, today's payday. Today is payday. I don't even, even remember today's Friday. You know, you got to bet. You got to bet. So this is a teaser. Um, if you wanted to throw another game in there, I would throw probably. Um, I'd probably throw the Bengals in there. If you want to make, get it a little cheeky, seven team or fifty bucks wins you ninety. Um, you know, you make an extra thirty bucks on it with the with the Bengals plus two. I th again think they win money line straight up. Um, if you want to just go money lines and you strictly wanted every game, like I said, every every home team I think is going to win. So if you just do all the home teams, and there's got to be one team that loses, right? Like there's going to be one that loses. Um, if I had to bet the one that's going to lose, it'd be the Bills. Because I think the Patriots are the only team here that has the potential upside, and maybe Dallas. Dallas and the and, and the Bills um, are two teams that I think could lose, every, and the Rams. I think there's three. You know, I'll just say it. I think there's three. So, um, yeah. And if you wanted to throw all of them and you wanted to mix it up, that's what I would genuinely go with. Um, those are the six games of the NFL slate this Sunday, um, Monday, and Saturday. I forget Saturday. Um, it'll be good. It'll be a fun one. I actually cannot wait. Um, I'm probably going to do a couple of player props, um, you know, f you know, player to score a touchdown, guys that I think could score a touchdown. Um, I think Josh Jacobs could get into the end zone. Um, I think Hunter Renfro could get into the end zone. You know, there's a lot of games. I could go in-depth with all these, but we'll be here for another hour, guys, you know. Um, so my favorite bet, if you had to throw one money, uh, either, you know, spread or money line game, go with the Bengals minus five. I know the Raiders have looked good. The Bengals, I truly think, are the superior team. I think they're very, very underrated this year. Um, if the Bengals line, you're like, oh, I want something for Sunday or Monday, go with the Chiefs minus 12.5. I'm not confident in the Steelers, and I know the Steelers can sometimes light it up. Their defense can step up. I just don't have confidence, and I am never, and hear me out, ever betting against Patrick Mahomes. Ever. So... That is that, ladies and gentlemen, Heat Up Podcast. Episode 24 is a wrap. I hope you enjoyed. We had a lot to talk about, and that's what's good about having one episode a week. Like, if I would have stuck with, you know, news from, you know, and pushed it all together in two episodes a week, you know, I would have another 30-minute episode. Like, last episode was really short because um, we didn't have a lot to talk about, but this week we had a lot to talk about, and I'm glad I could sit here and talk to you guys. Enjoy your Friday. A um, little bit of a long weekend in case you get Martin Luther King Day off. 
Um, and, uh, you know, we'll be back. Heated Up Podcast, episode 24. If you're not following us, I like to throw this at the end. Um, at Heated Up Podcast, two Ps when you type it in. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're also on Anchor FM, um, Spotify, as well as Apple Podcasts. Just Heated Up Podcast. Look us up there. Um, you know, we're going strong. I did say we're going to get on TikTok soon. I stick to that. I'm starting to get familiar and how to up, upload on that kind of stuff. Um, I'm going to be using Twitter a lot more. You know, guys, enter, interact with me, do all that kind of stuff. I enjoy seeing all the likes and stuff like that. So um, appreciate it, all you guys. Um, we'll be here next week, hopefully, where we can talk about the Bengals and Derrick Henry's potential return. You know, Derrick Henry's potential return. Maybe we'll get a little bit more news. Um, and then, you know, obviously, hopefully we'll come back and, you know, the Heat will be on a, you know, five-game win streak, six-game win streak. Um, but that's it. Hit up podcast episode 24. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, it was a little bit of a long episode, so I appreciate you sticking to the end. Um, and we'll be back next week, um, which is the 21st. Yeah, we're already at the 21st of January, guys. This is insane. So um, I appreciate you guys sticking in. I love doing this every single week. So, um, you know, I appreciate it. Love you all. Goodbye. Have a great day and have a great weekend. All right. Thank you.